0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on a Tuesday. A Tuesday. That doesn't make any sense. Tuesday, September 21st. Glad to have you here. A special show for you tonight. A little add-on, a little side thing that I maybe have teased a little bit in the last shows, but we're glad to have you. We have, I think, a really interesting topic coming up. A single topic show, uh, which we haven't done a whole bunch of, uh, but we want to sort of dive into this, and I think... Overall, I think we have a pretty good guest to, to help us out, uh, figure out some of this uh, youth development talk we want to talk about. So we're uh, very glad to have him back on the show with us. Uh, please welcome Mr. Dennis DeClosa. Dennis, how's it going, buddy? Very good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank thank you for, for joining us. I know um, you and I have been trying to do this for... I don't know, a couple weeks we've been we've been talking back and forth and thinking about how different things the U.S. game got in the way, um, you know, different different little things. I know uh, everybody gets pulled away at a different time, so I'm glad that we could uh, finally figure out a little bit of time to do this and and focus in on something that I don't think gets discussed a whole bunch um, within the community, certainly the MLS community, I think it's starting to gain some notoriety, but people don't really have full on discussions about youth development and sort of, you know, what the goals of that are, what the pitfalls of that are. And hopefully, um, we can, we can talk a little bit about that tonight and and maybe shine some, some light onto some things. So, um, you've, you've been gracious enough with your time. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll rock and roll. Does that sound great?
1: yeah, go ahead. All oh, right.
0: I mean, I mean, one of the intro order. yeah, one of the one of the uh, the the intro things, just uh, again, to give everybody your background, um you you played soccer, you were a defender um you've gone through and been you know as everybody knows the director of national teams for the mexican football federation director of uh of youth national teams for for the mexican football federation uh chivas de guadalajara scouting director uh director academy director for tigres uh we know about major league soccer in in chivas usa um there's all these things also attended the university of amsterdam you studied law um, all of these yes. things, I mean, if, if I was going to put together somebody who, one, has an emphasis on youth development, which I think I would say that you do, um, but also has has the ability to look at things from the business side uh, of, of everything, it feels like you checked off all the boxes. Do you, do you feel that way?
1: Well, I, I've dedicated a long time of, of my career on youth development or during certain uh, circumstances, given the opportunity that I was given. Um uh, obviously a, a long time ago, about 2002, 2003, when Jorge Vergara bought Chivas Guadalajara. And out of, I would say, necessity and, and out of uh, a great opportunity, I was given the, the position of, of head of scouting initially. And then later, uh, head of youth development was added to that. Um, and that was uh, that was an amazing first step into the world of, of of youth development. I've seen obviously a lot. I've played myself. I've worked in in different either part time or scouting or whatever role
2: um,
1: in Holland. And I must say, I've dedicated a lot of time uh, on this side of the world to uh, to young players, scouting, uh, seeing how they grow up, what is their best environment, how they can. Uh, make steps forward. Um, what are like the, the the stepping stones? What are the difficulties also? And to be honest, I've really enjoyed that. I've I've spent a lot of time uh, at Chivas in in Mexico and and Tigres in Mexico, completely dedicated to youth development. Ended up being uh, offered a job as as head of the youth national teams. That started to be a little bit more of a uh, I would say, like a managerial job or a execute uh, like a like an executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, it was uh, was with young players and and trying to get the best program possible, which I think uh, at a certain point uh, uh, was definitely a program to be proud of.
0: I, I mean, we, we look at where MLS is, and certainly we're starting to see a, a real emphasis on player development. Um, but we go back with the LA Galaxy and having covered the team since two thousand and nine. I can tell you that the LA Galaxy were not always good at developing youth talent, even though we've always been located here in Southern California, right? Southern California, everybody talks about it being a Mecca for soccer players. Um, every kid I knew growing up, growing up, played soccer, right? There's this, there's this sense that everybody should play soccer in Southern California and the weather suits it well. So that way you can play soccer year round. A bunch of things are, are in favor of, of, of developing talent in Southern California, but up until, I don't know. I mean, I went through and tried to name off some of the homegrown players that I remember going through just off the top of my head uh, of guys. And I can go, you know, Jose Villarreal, Jaime Villarreal, Oscar Sorto, Jack McBean and Giosi's Artist. And everybody points to Giosi's Artists and says, well, that was a success. That, But Giosi's artist was in the academy program approximately the exact length of time he needed to be in order to be deemed a homegrown player. So I don't know that really there was a development there. And now we're starting to see guys like, you know, um, Alex Alcala, uh, Julian Araujo, Efrain Alvarez, Adam Saldana, you know, all, all these guys are starting to come up. There, there seems to have been a switch that has happened. I know you came on and things, uh, at least in in my view, were not where they should have been. Um, what has been the failings in MLS and for the LA Galaxy, you know, sort of prior to your arrival? Why, was it, why didn't there seem to be that emphasis on on attracting that talent and keeping that talent?
1: Um, but it's it's a little bit hard. I, I would then speak out of a role that I've, I was looking from the outside in on, on the Galaxy. Obviously, yes, at, at that point, being part of the Mexican Federation and, and with a just a clear interest in, in Southern California, being, uh, being part of, of, uh, of youth soccer here years and years ago. And I've always, like you said, I've, I've always thought that this is a great... Uh, area for, for scouting player.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now there's a big difference. What I think in between scouting players and developing players. Okay. And, um, one probably doesn't go without the other. Okay. And it's also, but, but it needs to be clear that, um, I, I do think that, that, um, for example, there have been the, the, the players that you've mentioned, I, I, I remember those, but there have been more players also that have been in in galaxy's programs and and definitely uh, had, had enough talent to to, to develop into a, a proper soccer player or a professional soccer player and for some reason or another haven't worked out or haven't been uh, uh, been part of 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 the the professional setup at the galaxy. so if you analyze that and uh, i I thought that that well, I think that there has always been uh, teams with with uh, a big ratio of talents so that there's no doubt about it and uh, i don't think there's a has been a lack of interest or a lack of uh, resources given from ag to towards the club to to provide it uh, the usl setup is is quite an uh, an expensive undertaking uh, an academy with full-time coaches with scouting efforts with travel with how things work that the, the, the Obviously, the big landscape that you have to cover to to get competitive games is is quite expensive. And uh, my my first impression, or my impression, was when when I started working at the Galaxy three years ago, that there was a lot of talent, uh, even talented coaches and 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 people that that put a lot of effort into uh, into the program. Now, I did think they were one team from another, very isolated. Uh, everybody with their own idea, right. uh, a little bit uh, based on, on their own experience, not a lot of guidance, not a lot of uh, clear supervision from top to bottom on how to play, what to do, how to create uh, a program that, that players from a young age can learn and grow into different, whatever, tactical models or, or systems. And that was my first impression. And I think uh, to develop players, it is uh, crucial that there is a clear idea how to play, how to train, how to deal with players, how to deal with parents. And it goes a lot into it. And I, I uh, like I said, my impression was that there's a huge amount of talent because the, the the players that you mentioned, like Adam Saldana and Efra and Julian and Ethan Zubek and mm-hmm. whoever, they, haven't, they didn't fall from a tree yesterday into the first team. There have been a lot of effort and a lot of people have been part of that, that development. Now, have certain things maybe could have done better or not? Yeah, probably. Now, I do think that in the last three years, there has been attention to it and there has been energy towards uh, trying to keep these kids on board. Basically, their first goal and their primary goal is to compete for a spot at uh, Galaxy and Not for uh, development purposes, going abroad, um, which I think maybe was a valid valid argument, I would say, 10 to 12 years ago, 15 years ago. But at the moment, the the, the argument is, is debatable.
0: Yeah, we'll go go into that more though, because um, one is, and I want to make sure we check back into this. The the idea of scouting players and developing players is different, and and I think we need to touch on that. But talk about you know the 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 landscape change that has happened um, with. European clubs and with MLS clubs and why, you know, 10 years ago it was a valid thing to go to Europe to develop yourself as a player, uh, maybe not in the top leagues but in some of the lower leagues um, and sort of build yourself up into that player and why it might be now more um, more beneficial to develop an MLS and eventually go to Europe as a more developed player.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, as a general, MLS has, has put an effort into youth Uh, development basically creating a platform for younger players to to be at at mls clubs Uh, initially obviously with the academy league now with mls next um is it perfect no uh is it uh everything already finished no far from uh but it also has to do with obviously the 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 initial growing pains of a sport and the initial growing pains of, of a project. Now you develop you don't do overnight and that's definitely not something that uh, has to be taken lightly and there needs to be like uh, full attention to details. If you uh, my, my observation on there's a big difference in between development and scouting because my feeling is that in, in a lot of teams in the US, they are scouting teams, so they try to gather the best players around because everybody is very aware where the, the biggest talents are and where the, the top uh, kids in, in, in certain areas are, and they recruit them. It's, it's, uh, it's always a part of recruitment and trying to be quicker and smarter than your local club team and owner around the door, around the corner, to get the best kids into your program. And, and, but that's not development. Uh, that right. is maybe a first start to, to get a team together. But development has to go into training sessions and how kids have behavioral uh, values and how they go about their business, and how they understand tactics and how they uh, create by themselves sometimes certain relations and, and associations on the field and off the field. And a whole bunch of things go into that that develops into players and develops into human beings. It's basically going to school and, and by the end of a, a certain period, you're a doctor or a lawyer or you you study for a profession. And that's the same with with soccer players. Now, how much can you put into that? That depends on a lot of things. And depends on, uh, I do think and I do believe that a club needs to create a clear identity and an an idea how they want to be perceived. And it needs to be from top to bottom in different ways. Now, that doesn't make that that the youth coaches can change systems, or they can put in their own flavor into a team or a note very much so but it can be that they walk everybody works on an island and everybody works for their own best interest and and the interest is the club interest the interest is how we can develop players for a club that fit our first team coaches needs and they can step up this is not an easy process this is not in done in dozens by the year this is uh, little by little players stepping into a professional program and takes a lot of effort and a lot of resource and a lot of energy to, to get them to a point that they can actually compete for a slot. And it's, it's sometimes it's, it's harder, obviously, as a team where the expectations are high and the, the view on, on on the identity of the galaxy is it's very glamorous and there's big names and there's uh, possibilities to do transfers. So it's not so easy sometimes for young kids. But I think if you're honest, if you're open, they see a clear pathway, Uh, there's a lot of things to be done. There's a lot of things to be done even better within our competition system. I think there's a few things added to development. It's you scout, you train in a way how you want to play. And then the, the biggest asset I think you develop through competition. And that is sometimes a little bit my, my biggest stumbling block here in in the U S where, because we're so spread out. Sometimes these leagues are so new, uh, I don't. I I, I have a, a firm conviction that if you play the best players together in, in the best competition, you will develop players. Mm-hmm. And here, that's not always the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I know you talked about MLS next coming up. Uh, LA Galaxy 2 currently plays in USL Championship. Uh, you and I have had a discussion about USL Championship and why the LA Galaxy I think choose to 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 have field a team um, in um, in the USL Championship. Um, and that's, it, it seems to be that the level of competition is something that you guys want and need. Um, does, is, is that going to change though? Whenever things go to MLS next, you talked about it, not being perfect. You talked about it needing. It's going to take some time, but are you worried there's a drop in competition? And uh, you, you sort of said that's an important part of all this.
1: Yeah, I do think that the MLS teams now being com- committed and connected to, to MLS next, uh, together as a, as a league, you obviously have to uh, push and, and support these these and these initiatives uh don't take lightly last year and a half with pandemic and not being able to travel not being able to train people posting videos every day how good it is to, to train in your own patio or in your own kitchen which right. is terrible to be honest yes and uh, a lot of kids have have, Missed a year, a year and a half of good development by playing top-class games by not being able to travel internationally. One of our pillars should be to travel internationally because it needs to complement the the lack sometimes of, of of real high competitive games locally, and we have the ability to 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 go. We're we're actually picking that up again. We have a, quite an amount of invitations uh, in in the U.S. and Mexico and in, in Europe. And that is very beneficial. I think for every youth category that we have, at least there should be two international trips, for example, as a standard measure to to get them, I would say, eight to ten international games. Now, if a kid's in three years in our program, there's already an added up factor of 30 games internationally close to your MLS next. And then the big discussion now is obviously the next step going forward is the... MLS 2 or the Lower Division League or the MLX Next 2 League. Uh, initially, we decided uh, to stick with uh, with our program as it is and, and continue to play in USL. I do think that the developmental part or the the, the difficulty of, of, of playing in USL or making it difficult for our young players to play in USL is really a factor that, that weighs into development. Uh, there is no coincidence that players that have been successful in USL, uh, can hold their own on a on an MLS roster in a young phase. Uh, if you see players like Ethan Zubek, Adam Saldana, who, who has, I think, made big strides forward this year, uh, Efrain Alvarez, um, even Carlos Harvey to right. a certain extent, and those have been very successful players in a USL setup, and then they are able to make a step up and then see if you can compete for a spot, which is not so easy. Sometimes the administrative obstacles and, and part, registration part make it a little bit hard to move players back and forth. But you see in our last game in Oakland that we had uh, we were able to give Danilo Acosta some game time, Johnny Perez, who's been a good example also for this setup and, and is probably one of the kids for the upcoming year, year and a half to take a good look at. and uh definitely very proud of, of, uh, of the, the steps that have been taken in the last three years of where the club was three years ago and where it is now. Uh, I've always preached a little bit of, of trying to be connected from the first team to the second team, to the academy. And that is not easy. That is, that is difficult because there is a high part of, of pressure and, and, and achieving results on the first team. And that doesn't go hand in hand with playing young players sometimes. Right. But I do think people and players and fans and everybody relates a lot to, to local kids giving some flavor of, of uh of identity and local soccer and, and excitement to the team. Definitely they're they're looked at different.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can you can see that. Um No, I always thought it was interesting because, you know, in in USL Championship, routinely LA Galaxy 2 hosts or or at least has one of the younger teams overall that plays. And you're playing against, you know, full on grown professionals that could be 25 to to 30 years
1: old. Basically, I always say you play against men with beards and moustaches and and in front of uh, four to five thousand angry people that, that start throwing things at you because they're frustrated.
0: And, and that's that's part of that development, though. That's that's that's. That is
1: the that is the best thing. I've I've seen development in now, and obviously in three different countries. Um, there's been a lot of study and a lot of debate and back and forth on how a reserve league should be set up. And I've basically I've always seen that the best developmental part, of the, the 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 kids they they strengthen most, or they develop most, or they make biggest strides forwards, however you want to name it or call it isn't a USL kind of setup. In Holland, it's the same. There's only four teams from the first division that play in their second division. The rest has like a U21 league in Mexico. It's the same when players have like satellite clubs and and play their teams in in what's they called Liga de Expansión. And it's a tough league and Mm -hmm. it's a tough place to go and it's a tough place to go out. We're obviously, if we play at home at our stadium. And you've seen it. There is not a lot of people. There is not a lot of, of pressure on the kids. But now they play at San Diego with Landon Donovan as a coach. They play against Phoenix Rising, who have a, a million dollar plus uh, salary budget. Right. Uh, they play against Oakland, where the field is even. Now, you if you'd see the field, you would cry. Uh, <laughs> and that makes it makes it interesting, obviously, right. for these kids to to see how they develop and if they can hold their own and. I do think not only this year or the last year or the years that I've been involved, but in a in a, in a in a pretty firm form in the last years that they've they've held their own and there have been talent. Now, the difficulty is then to keep your kids here and to make it enticing to obviously sign with the Galaxy, because that has been uh, and a big issue, obviously, in, uh, in the time before I was here, that the, the biggest talents uh, started to uh, move up.
0: Yeah and that's that's back to that European dream right and and we talk about the pitfalls of this um you know and and I think you touched a little bit on it the league the league has changed the landscape has changed for young players Develop, developing an MLS now seems like a much more viable path to playing in Europe eventually as a more developed player but i mean you, you still have these You still have these pitfalls. I mean, what's what are some of these? Because one is I always look at youth development as, yes, you can develop the players the best way that you can. You're still only going to get one or two or three, you know, maximum every single year that you think have a possibility of going up and how many of those, you know, turn out as well. It's still a, a pretty big lottery to win as a young player to develop to a point to even make it to MLS. That, that seems like an even longer reach for a lot of players whenever they're developed in the U.S. and then are, are going overseas to Europe. Now, we've seen we've seen some successes in that. Right. And certainly there, there are more Americans playing in top leagues um, around the world now, I think, than, than probably ever before. Um, but there's also it seems like a lot of young players who think that that's going to be them uh, and we see them go and and leave and and lose time and and never make it back is that is that a correct sort of summation of of what we're seeing now
1: yeah i i do think that uh the league mls their ideas on youth development the, the the coaches with the openness of playing young players has has evolved tremendously and i think as everybody is involved in that 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 part or that that that, that phase or the, that landscape, I think the, the obligation for us is to be closer to the parents, to, to evolve together into a better understanding of what it takes to be a professional player, what the opportunities are with the Galaxy and what the difficulties and, and challenges are if you go somewhere else. Um, what the difficulties are with us, be honest about it. Uh, be very clear on 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 evaluating the kids and, and obviously giving opportunities when needed, but also being generous and and obviously in giving opportunities when something doesn't go too well, because that that is sometimes a little bit the point. Something happens; it's not always great, and then clearly he's, way, he's wiped off the table easily. Now, with kids, you have to be patient. They go up and down. Their development goes up and down. Even their physical qualities, their mental. Ability, everything has to play a part in this. Now, uh, I do think currently that successful players that move to Europe at this moment, and I had a conversation with um, an agent that represents uh, at the moment, I think one of our players, and he said that most of his players that have moved to Europe have been successful in MLS first, different than years and years ago. And I was uh, also part of that, of inviting a lot of Mexican-American kids to Tigres, for example. And it's not very easy. Uh, I do think that at this moment with MLS, their emphasis on youth development, their interest, their knowledge, their willingness to bring in people that know what they talk about, they understand that there needs to be opportunities created to further develop. Uh, I think your best bet at the moment is definitely look at at what MLS has to offer within uh, within possibilities to go further grow uh the the contracts that are being offered at mls level are are far from being bad that those that that's not the excuse anymore um the programs that are being offered in between certain teams that have residency programs for sport performance nutrition mental the whole package and you see that the galaxy people they they thrive on it if if it makes me incredibly proud if if Kids like Efra and Julian have the ability to play for a national team. If uh, a kid like Adam can play a, a bunch of minutes and a good amount of starts, and their families are at the stadium, and it, that is a lot of work to get there. Not only from the club, but also from the parents' side. I do think that, for example, on our end, we need to be closer to their parents, and and hopefully, and educated. Some educated sometimes a little bit of a. Maybe an arrogant word, but I do think it requires education on on how to take a better decision for your kids. I I I, I hate to see kids leave and not succeed. I'd rather see them leave and be successful and be good. And, and that, 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 that then the, the decision has been the right decision to leave an opportunity here and go somewhere. But in the last few years, I haven't seen a lot of kids without a proper background, without a proper competition under their belt, without the right guidance off the field, which has been a, 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 an enormous challenge of people just diving into representation and agency and, and without a lot of knowledge, without a lot of context, thinking that it's an easy buck to make on, on on the back of these kids. And they come up and it's a tough world out there. If you move to Europe, yes. you move to whatever, Belgium, France, Holland, Germany, I know from when I was young we had kids coming out and tryouts and kids from abroad there's another foreigner and he's taken away a, a spot from one of your friends and it's a tough time as a as a foreigner in a in a in a league to, to find your own and to, to make a uh, make a name for yourself and then even worry about your development and how to get better that's probably not the right step I think the first few steps towards development, to getting stronger, to building yourself up, to being able to make a step forward, going to Europe or Mexico or wherever. Right. At the moment, it's not a bad option for people to look at and in, in starting that, that option in, in within MLS. And then after 50 to 70 games, start looking at your next option.
0: I mean, uh, you and I have talked about this so much. Whenever you do go and you do make a decision, let's say to play outside the league, or even if you you, you make a move somewhere else um, and you don't get playing time, how important is playing time for young players and how much ground do they lose on other players if they go somewhere and aren't playing?
1: I think it makes all the difference. I, I Like I said, uh, there's one thing, is training, and it's obviously, it's very much pitch to parents and players saying, Hey, if you go there, the training environment and you train with better players, which I'm not so sure of, or to be honest. Uh, but then how much do you really play? Do you play in your position? Are you being able to be groomed in a different position also? Are you playing really significant play, uh, games and minutes? If, right. if you start losing out on that, a big part of your development, you can, you can only do it in training. And it seems to me an awkward decision to go abroad and just train and think that that is an experience. I've heard a lot of these, also the the, the comments on parents. Yeah, my son, he needs an experience to go somewhere. I think the experience is gained or provided. You don't knock at somebody door to get an experience. You, you make yourself seen here and then you get the experience by being bought or being looked at or being invited. But... Uh, it's a little bit of of, a, of a, a thing that we've been discussing internally, also a lot about. Obviously, in the last few years, seeing highly, highly talented and, and highly regarded players and kids that everybody knows move out and, and lose two, three years of valuable development by not playing any significant games or a handful of games and sitting by themselves, it, it seems to be like a very tough decision first of all to do that and second of all then to go through and then say hey where do i end up now and i, I left when i was 18 and i i um, at some point i'm 20 20 years one years old and I haven't really made an impact at, at any club i've been and then then what then come back yeah that's fine but then you've been outrun and overlapped by the Saldanías and Álvarezes uh, and uh, Julian's who really have now have a significant amount of minutes and really compete to play against Austin upcoming Sunday and, and hopefully we can get a win after a couple of games that we have a little bit of a dry spell.
0: Right. Right. I, well, I mean, but y- you also talked about, um, you know, these players and and the path and, and difficulty specifically for the L.A. Galaxy. Right. Because, as you said, big names, uh, you know, a lot is expected. A lot of that isn't conducive. And certainly during the Bruce Arena time and I was here, so I'll speak on that during the Bruce Arena time. You didn't see a lot of young players playing that. Have, that I think that was also, um, you know, sort of what you saw in MLS at the time. But with the L.A. Galaxy, a lot of times, uh, you know, a proven track record is what people expect on the field. Is it is it not unreasonable to say that if you are a striker um, at LA Galaxy 2 or in the academy uh, and you're being brought up in that way that it's more difficult to make the team, especially in an offensive position for the LA Galaxy at the senior level, than it is in other places? And so sometimes is the best thing for, for people to move on?
1: I do think it's, it's challenging at every big club. I've seen it at... Uh... In Holland, at, at different teams, Ajax, PSV, for example, very, very challenging when they bring in a big number nine. Uh, Chivas in Guadalajara is not the best example because they really rely on, on obviously, Mexican talent. But Tigres, there is the complete opposite. They just buy whatever is uh, left and right on the market and they go with it. Yeah. And. I think with with us, it's obviously the expectations are very high. And and I would never lie to parents saying, hey, now... And we're also not turning into a a club or a franchise that now is focused on young players. No, I do think that part of our roster and part of our identity should be giving opportunities to young players. But that means that they need to be good enough. They need to be earning a starting position and grow into that. They could be in different positions. Not easy, obviously, in certain... Positions where throughout the league uh, designated players or youth fund players at the moment are getting their spot. It's also not it's not 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 impossible at all. And and a very very good example from a big club and not to compare ourselves not even close with it and 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 not to go out and and put ourselves on the same line is is for example a team like Real Madrid who has an enormous investment in youth development. And a friend of mine has been there for years and years, and he explained it in a way that. They basically develop players for Spanish soccer. Mm -hmm. And now if they can take advantage of it, they will. And they'll provide them the opportunity to go into their first team. But otherwise, they'll just sell them. So the big investment of an owner, or for example, a generous owner as we have, AEG, the big investment that goes into youth development at some point needs to see some, some return of investment also. And that's one of the, the ways. And now I think within MLS, the next step will go into pathways of loaning out homegrown players, loaning out younger players to teams that have maybe their, their local grounds are not as virtual as, as our California. I don't know what's in the water here, but a lot of talented players come out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems that way. Um, It's just it seems to me and certainly um, looking at the team, um, you've had some successes with the homegrown players. It seems like there are some kids who are providing roles now. And and how much I know you, you know, with Chivas um, when you were with Chivas USA. Um, the contract amounts and the and the dollars and and things and everything is sort of ratcheted up now, right? I mean, as you said before, yeah. the homegrown contracts are, are honestly, worth something. Honestly, I now.
1: thought about the same thing the other day, and and I remember like minimum contracts at Chivas USA at that point when uh, young players came in from uh, from Mexico and, and were being loaned out. I think they were like. Thirty thousand dollars gross minimum senior right. roster contracts. It's definitely gone up like two, at least three to four to five times for certain players.
0: Yeah, definitely
1: think, to I, start off with at any younger age, and and it's the market. It's the market that demands it. It's the part of of yeah. If we don't get this here, it'll go somewhere else. There's a, there's a whole bunch of things that go into obviously the evaluation, but then you also see as a parent and as as people that are around it that has evolved so much and the the, the, the challenge of now getting into this environment should be so enticing because money-wise it is a good start to right. here, and there is obviously significant money to be made if you start and you play and you do well and you're evaluated and the coach sees it and then they like it and at some point they knock on my door and say hey this guy needs to stay here for a long time then you do your best and then you end up even getting kids on youth fund contracts which are significant right um, it's a significant steps up of where we were 10 to 15 years ago to be honest and the whole atmosphere around it, and the whole planet where we're moving into seems to be going in the right direction where there's there's opportunities for young players to make a living here to further develop here to play here and to be sold here so if you look at Dallas Obviously, with result-wise, very challenging. But if you look at, at both Reggie Cannon and Brian Reynolds, they they, they moved out for significant amounts. Um, Alfonso Davis, uh, kids from New York, uh,
0: right? Bucio as well. Obviously, from, 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 Philadelphia.
1: Yep. Busio from Kansas, and obviously the the, the amount of, of, of attention and and people that are following our young kids at the Galaxy, which we've tried to anticipate and protect the interests of our. Of our organization and sign them to long-term deals and, and make sure that uh, that we get uh, some return on investment at some point if the right uh, moment comes along.
0: What what about I mean a, a little difference in how things maybe are perceived is I think it's with Alex Alcala right? Is it there's a there's a deal with Manchester City um, eventually down the road that if he develops and if things move in the correct direction that. Um, is that something that eventually could provide a substantial return for for you know the LA Galaxy?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, first of all it's a very big challenge to uh, to have kids at at a certain age move out. Uh, team like Manchester City was very uh, very much obviously into. To, investing and having a lot of teams around the world and they understand they know their business these people they know what they're talking about and to get a kid out of their family environment at a very very young age has much as how, how much potential he has it has been a challenge for them so for them to leave him at their family environment in a club where they can rely on that the development is 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 well taken care of starts to turn at some point 18, they'll evaluate it. And then hopefully we can do a deal in place and otherwise we'll enjoy the kid for a little bit longer.
0: I, I mean, and then just in terms of the money, because I think it's, again, I sort of liken it to, it's difficult to find these players. It's difficult to develop these players. If you have 30 guys in USL, not all 30 guys are going to make it to the senior team. Not all 30 guys are going to go off and play over in Europe. So there's a significant no. monetary... uh Drain, and I don't want to say drain, but there there's a lot of money that's tied up in just trying to produce these players. When does it start to, to to pay off? You talked about selling players, you talked about you know loaning players out, that type of thing. But is there a future that you see where that endeavor actually can can support itself, or does it ever?
1: Um, yeah, I, I do think there there is a value, and then you have to see or exactly calculate the value of each player, which is difficult. It goes by age, by minutes played, by a formal contribution to a first team but we've had games this season uh, we're out of a 20-man roster 12 kids either or were directly tied into our uh, academy so that means that at a later stage they came into USL and they further developed there and they moved off to the first team like uh, Harvey or Kai Koroniak or Daniel Steris is a very good example who was one of the first players signed to USL mm-hmm. uh, Nick DePoy and mm-hmm. uh, and then you have your younger players that goes to Johnny Perez, to Cameron Dunbar, to uh, Efra, Julian, Ethan. What is the value to that? To have 10 of these guys on your roster and compete and being good actually in in the league, right? that creates value. That actually, there's a value to it now. There's different values added to it. First of all, I think there's a perception of people relating to players and, and really liking local kids that perform well for our team apart from the big stars and the guys that come in from outside and, and they do a great and tremendous job on, on doing that obviously but there is something special to a local kid performing on on any team in the world right uh, successful clubs they build on on young players coming through their academy and and sustaining to be able to be on a roster uh, now what's the value of certain players now there's a there's a crazy Rules and regulations book within MLS that goes to allocation and that everything, but there is value to it. If, for example, Dave Romney was uh, moved to uh, Nashville by his uh, by his request, also right, and trying to move on and whatever, but there was a significant amount of allocation that came into to the club, right, and so you can put a value on that. And then the biggest cherry on the pie is obviously if you sell a kid that that goes to europe and you get significant dollars where you can put everything into the owner's pocket and then you see that there's really something worth if, if you can talk about millions of, of transfers that uh, definitely will come sooner rather than later for us uh
0: you, you talked about educating family and like you said maybe maybe an arrogant word maybe the wrong but but certainly informing them of, of everything that can happen and could happen for a player. I mean, if you're talking to a to uh, to some some families out there and they have young kids who want to play soccer and maybe they're they're talented kids and they're thinking about possibly you know taking it. What is your advice in terms of how to go about this and do it the smart way?
1: Well, I think the first thing is that that um, the the kids they shouldn't be pushed in a direction where they don't want to go. That's the first thing. So it's if it's either. Uh, in your local club or in the local yeah. environment or your, your competitive environment um, to, to start the development to start in the profession but if the cl- if the kid doesn't doesn't enjoy it or he feels or it's it's like a, a a pushy situation i think that's already something if the parents need to be too much involved that doesn't seem to be very he- uh, healthy also <sighs> And then, if you go into like age groups of 14, 15, 16, where agents start to roam around, where scouts start to roam around, where you're starting to make like your first steps into like a professional possible possibility, being called up to youth national teams, being called up to camps, uh, being provided opportunities to train at a certain point at a USL level in our case, or, or train at the first team level and see where you're limits and boundaries are I think people need to feel the trust within the club to be able to reach out to the right people and say hey I need some help in this and I need a little bit of guidance of what I need to do with my kids there is a difficulty here for example with the distances that these kids do drive and the, the, the amount of, of minutes in the car and uh, sometimes the, the financial burden of obviously traveling and and paying for all of this and in our case that's that's different but if you're at a club team you're looking at, at pretty significant money monthly to uh, to pay for it to, to even be looked at and I do think that that parents hopefully feel trusted and feel trustworthy and, and little by little they see the value the the, uh, the 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 steps that have uh, have been made as an evaluation or uh, like like Efra or Julian that they feel that those are the right decisions to stay here and to trust the right people and to listen to what your pathway could be now it goes from a head coach with buying into this, which we have and we're very proud of, all the way down to good coaching on youth level and, 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 and giving like correct advice to the parents. I, I do think that the advice that you will get from a club, although maybe people would dispute that, is an advice that goes in the best interest of the club and the best interest of the player. And not sometimes in the best interest of of third parties to move these kids out and to make a quick buck somewhere and try to see if they can uh, get some attention on, on social media.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean that makes sense. It when you're looking at and and we'll we'll sort of start to wrap things up here because um I I, I don't want to keep you too long. You said you'd stay as long as and I said I wouldn't let it go over yes, an hour. I... So um but as we started, what's the next step then for the LA Galaxy specifically? What needs to get better on that youth development side? What needs more investment or more time to pay off? Where where are you trying to move things in the next step?
1: Well, I definitely I think it's it's uh the last few years it has been organized, it's been more connected, there's mere, There's good people working at, at at the club with these kids day by day and that, that is something for parents very, very important to be in the hands of good, good people. Uh, and then the next step forward is I think we need to be more aggressive in our scouting, uh, I do definitely think there's a challenge in Southern California to get the best kids out to your program because there's so much competition and there's so much uh, opportunities, obviously, in, in different ways that uh, to take advantage of for the parents. But then that for us means that we need to step up on our program. Uh, we have a lot to offer from Nutrition and kids coming in for breakfast and having lunch and going to school on our premises and training and being involved in international travel. And that should be something that that we first of all should be very proud of, thankful for and take advantage of and and, uh, make sure that the best kids obviously have the opportunity to sign with us. These these contracts are are a big deal, I think. These homegrown opportunities, USL contracts, uh, maybe in the future, with MLS 2, there's a whole different conversation, but in the meantime, that's where we're at, and we're, we're very happy to be there. And, and to be honest, I, I hope and I feel and I think that parents should reach out for advice or at least to get a second opinion and don't always trust uh, one-sided advice. And, and, but we're, we're happy where we're at, to be honest, with with being able to keep kids like Jonathan Paris and Cameron Dunbar and Efra and Saldana on board and not seeing them roam around somewhere else and not getting any minutes and, and and losing a lot of, of opportunities and development. Now it's the, it's a little bit the upside down. You get your development here, you move into a, a bigger role, you start playing, you start competing, hopefully you get opportunities and hopefully you're being sold.
0: Is, I mean, when, when you say scouting more, I mean, is there, is there a bar set somewhere in Major League Soccer of somebody who has an academy system that scouts appropriately? Does it need to be bigger in Southern California because the the talent in Southern California is, is so much larger? I mean, are we talking two guys need to be out there or is it like 20 guys need to be out there?
1: Well, I, I do think that definitely we need to be more aggressive. This is by far the best market, maybe discutable with, with Texas at certain uh, certain areas, but you see that that there's always a discussion under the the, the general managers. Like, yeah, we need to let go of our homegrown territories. Why the hell would I let go of that? It's the most precious thing we have. (laughs) Everybody wants to be here. And I see all these guys that I know, they're from different MLS franchises trying to... They're always on the border, like roaming around. It's like somebody looking... From, your, from the outside of your house, in your house, to see what's on the table. No, we'll right. take care of it ourselves. Take it easy, boys. Go back to your own homegrown territory and start scouting those uh, states. Now, some of the teams, they do a very good job. I, I thought at a certain point, Royal Salt Lake did a very good job. Right. Um, Seattle's done a good job. Uh, I definitely think we we do a good job. Um, but the Eastern Conference is a little bit further away for, for me to judge, to be honest, but uh, I know Kansas does a very good job with Peter Vermees and everybody that's there. Uh, Canada, the three franchises, uh, they have a challenge. That is not so easy. They're very spread out, right? And, but Toronto, at some point, uh, has a lot of talent, obviously locally, um, and, and I think by far the, the one that's drawn most attention is FC Dallas, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Is it? Is it? Is it wise? It seems like there's so much attention that needs to be focused on this all the time. You're the general manager for the LA Galaxy. You have a focus both on the senior team and everything else that sort of happens underneath there. Um, is it does it need that much care? I know uh, the Galaxy are outer director of the Academy right now, um, I believe, and, and and looking for 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 a replacement there. But um how much attention does it need? I see you, you. talk about Peter Vermees, and there's a guy who literally does everything, right? And 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 I sit there and I and at least from the outside perspective, and 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 certainly talking to you and you educating me on what it takes to sort of look at this stuff. It feels like you like the Peter Vermees areas are sort of that's um, that's a, a one off. Maybe that can't happen everywhere, right? Or or Bruce Arena, who always whenever he was with the Galaxy had his hand in everything, um, that type of thing. But it's it's such a, it seems like it's such a wide field to look at now it feels like it has to be more divided does it have to be more divided up
1: yeah i think it's evolved in a way that there's too much going on and there's too much little details that that make an impact directly on on being successful or not being successful where there's only one guy on top of things i think you need to unite your forces, you need to take advantage of everybody's strengths and, and possibilities and, and things like that. But there I may mean, need to be clear obligations and responsibilities to everybody's roles. And and for us, it's very important to find uh, a replacement for Juan Carlos, who's done a great job, but obviously couldn't say no to a, a, a very tempting and, and juicy offer from Tigres in, in Monterrey. And that's a big loss for us because I think he tied everything together and he was completely 100% dedicated with uh, with everything. And I, I, I definitely could say that, for example, last year you could see a clear hand on how teams play. And how our second team, for example, performed under junior with, with a lot of support and overview from from Juan Carlos. And that is beneficial to young players and you see it on our first team roster. So there's no doubt about that. Uh, there goes there go, There's a lot that goes into development. There's a lot of go into like operational things and methodology, and to make sure that you do the right thing and player and uh, parent care. To be honest, um, scouting to oversee it. I've always enjoyed it. I've always really, really been engaged to that. I've always tried to play my part in it, and more so now, even though I'm, sometimes I feel that I'm a little bit farther away or a little bit, uh, I'm not always able to, obviously. But I, I, the, the, the game that we played in Colorado two weeks ago, I thought was a perfect example. We had our U-17s and our U-15s in the morning. Everybody came out. From our head coach to president to director of operations, and I was standing there behind the tree, also not to get sunburned. And it was an amazing. It, it, I think that is what a, a, a great day looks like. So you start with your youth games against MLS opposition, and then you play the big boys uh, on the first team, and uh, and that was that was that was exciting to see. And then the kids afterwards in the stands, they see where they go to and what they're working for and the coaches also. There, there needs to be an eagerness to, to move forward and there needs to be opportunities given within the club to, to make steps forward. And then you keep people excited and, and that is developing. And I think that is something that, that I've always found a lot of proud and, and pride and, and excitement in and trying to give opportunities to young players. In the 20 years that I've been running around in this landscape, I've seen a lot of young players that turned out to be very old men at the moment.
0: Uh, I I was going to there are two things sort of popped up into my actually three things. One is that uh, I was just in Colorado this weekend and was trying not to get sunburned. So I understand that that uh, 100 percent. Number two was. Um, How much of your week, whenever you sort of think about how much time you spend looking at the senior team, looking at the youth development, I mean, I imagine it all mixes together and I know it's really hard to do, but I mean, it's a significant amount of time trying to sort of plan out what's happening at, you know, the academy versus USL versus the senior team and all of that still being pointed, I guess, in the same direction, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Like you said, that everything needs to be pointed in the same direction. It needs to be well communicated. It needs to be well supervised, and everybody in their own area is responsible for it. I do spend a significant amount on activities with the second team. I can't really uh, say if I missed a game. Either go there in person or occasionally watching it on TV. Uh, I have a very, very clear idea. Who are obviously the top talents that need to come through from that end to the first team, and and, and the ones from the academy too. But and I, I, the, to be honest, there's within 24 hours a day, there's not hours enough that you can spend on it or to build it out or or the the willingness to make something out of it. And sometimes I wish I could spend much more time on it. And on the other time, on the other end, I'm also proud of the people that that. Do a good job within our academy to take care of that, and, and have done for many years—not only the time that I've been here.
0: Um, sort of uh, to, to close it. Is there any other part of youth development you think is overlooked? Have we have we touched on everything that um, that you think you know certainly merits any discussion?
1: Well. No, no, to be honest, I think we touched on everything. I do think that it's it's important to see that that MLS has evolved and that there's there's it's not the same discussion of where your opportunities are better. It's either outside the countries or or here. I think your initial steps are taking much closer looks of your opportunities here and then from there you grow on at the moment. That's I think where it, where it goes. Now the next step is that Young, of these young players get value or higher value in the league and I think we're very well positioned in that and, and obviously uh, we'll take advantage of that. And for kids, it's, it's a great opportunity to be part of a program like that. So appreciate it, make sure that you value it. And as the parents said, if they have any questions, feel free to walk up, doors open and give my best opinion. I'm not always right, but I try to be honest at least.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, I found that to be the case. Uh, I always can can run something by you if I think it's crazy, and uh, and then usually you tell me it is crazy. So that's it works uh, works very well. Um, you've had three years here with the LA Galaxy. Uh, I, I guess I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you if there are any developments about you sticking around. And and you talk with this with such passion about the about the youth development, and it was the reason that I wanted to talk to you about it. Um, I, I feel like you feel maybe it's an unfinished. Uh, project so far so I, I would I would hope that you would think that you you'd like to stick around are there any developments with that
1: no definitely the hope to stick around is there and then and, and like you see that there's there that is an unfinished project I would like to see some of the things that I've had a uh, uh, little or bigger piece in seeing develop into more formal players to be able to be part of an international transfer of, of uh, an academy player uh ignited by us not by circumstances and um, to be part of, of a bolder and more proactive and a more progressive even uh, youth development atmosphere but it's obviously something that I like and like I said
2: we've
1: always had the interest in, and the, the best of, of intentions to, to work for the club and, and I'm very happy at where I'm at very proud of of, of certain things that we've achieved with not forgetting that there's Obviously, rough stretches and sometimes things can be better, but definitely very proud. And hopefully it's it's something that that goes forward for a long, long period. And we'll see. I'm I'm obviously seeing what the best thing is for me also and and more so for my family.
0: Yeah, it it makes sense. Galaxy, uh, winless in the last six, have a game coming up this weekend against Austin. Is this the uh, is this the weekend that everything gets back on track and a push towards the playoffs really starts?
1: Turn it around. We have uh, we have an interesting stretch of games coming up. Obviously, traveling to Austin, then uh, Salt Lake in a big game uh, with our uh, rivals that we can name. And definitely looking forward to that. There's then an international stretch where there's a lot of guys called in we can complain about, and obviously, it's a lot of travel and a, wor- a lot of workload and things like. But on the other end. You'd be blessed if you have six to seven full internationals on your roster. So it's not that bad also, to be honest. And no, very much looking forward how this pans out. So far, I think, uh, in general, uh, more positives than negatives. And in general, still a whole lot of things to fight for and a whole lot of things to improve upon to be uh, where we should be. And and that is uh, being a contender with youth players on the field.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. Well, um, we'll invite you on back next time. We can talk about leagues cup and what that's turning into and all that fun stuff. I, we we won't get into it. It's I haven't even read all the stuff yet to really understand it. That's um, an
1: interesting one. Let's see how they
0: pull that off. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say maybe you add some guys to the roster. That's an idea. <laughs> add know. some young guys. guys. Good opportunity for young players. There you
0: go. Add some guys to the roster. Increase salary caps. Maybe another designated player. I mean, there's a whole bunch of yeah, stuff. I like I said, we'll we we'll, we'll talk about that uh, some other time, Dennis. Uh, I want. Want to thank you for for stopping by um and, and talking about this I thought it was I, I found it interesting I, usually if I find it interesting other people find it interesting you're always so gracious so. gracious with your time we appreciate it so um Dennis everybody can follow you on Instagram um and then they'll they can they can check your uh your your follows to see who the next player is right you know everybody says well, does well does Dennis follow this player and that's usually yeah, the key I about it yeah.
1: I've, I've played a little bit with that also so 't don't, don't believe everything you said
0: I love it Dennis thanks so much for for stopping by We appreciate it uh, I need a
1: little bit more active I need to be more active at <laughs> social media but you know it's not my generation it's more my kids generation so I, sometimes I try to be very very but my kids really think it's boring what I post and what I do
0: so I, I, I just would
1: try t- to stay away from that they're, they're they're good critics.
0: I, I appreciate you having fun, uh, fun with the fans and, and you play around with that. You should, and I would if I was in your position as well. So uh, Dennis, as always, thanks for the time. We appreciate it and uh, and hopefully we'll talk to you real soon, all right?
1: Thank you for for your uh, time. It's a pleasant conversation. Speak to you soon, Josh. and uh, more than anything else, we uh, will have to go for a good game and uh, make sure that we uh, take three points out of Austin thats. From-
0: it, it, it sounds like it'll be an interesting one. All right. Thanks, Dennis. All right. If you're uh, I, I think that about wraps it up for our show today. Uh, so we certainly appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to sort of follow along today. Uh, amazing to have Dennis DeCloso with us as well. And so hopefully uh, you'll go on his social media. Tell him thanks for coming on. We'll tag him in a post on Instagram and that'll that'll lead you right to him. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, that does it. Uh, live show coming up on Thursday night. So make sure you check that out. LA Galaxy at Austin this weekend. A lot of fun stuff there for you. All right. That does it for me. If you're looking for me at Jay Guestman on on Twitter at Galaxy Podcast, corner the for your galaxy news information, all that fun stuff. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, Podcasts, anywhere you find them, they're all there. All right. Everybody have a great night. Once again, thanks to Dennis, and uh, we'll talk to everybody real soon. Thanks. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on corner of the You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at GalaxyPodcast. And be sure
1: to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook